Back in the day when you talked about benefits, it was a pretty limited conversation. Health insurance, dental, vision, 401k and retirement. I think a lot of old school organizations might still be looking at that same portfolio, but if you move over towards the progressive sect of companies these days, the menu of options when it comes to employee benefits is much broader. Mental health, fertility, retirement planning, elder care, so many more categories have actually caused the field of benefits to expand. And I'm really excited today to be sitting down with the co-founder and CEO of Carrot Fertility, Tammy Sun. We're going to be right back with that conversation to learn a bit more about what's involved in fertility benefits and Carrot Fertility specifically after a brief word from our sponsor. Human resources, people operations, talent and culture. The truth is it really doesn't matter what you call your team. It's all about what kind of HR you practice. Redefining HR is a podcast exploring the leading edges of the industry. I'm your host, Lars Schmidt. I'm an advocate for modern HR and have spent over 20 years in the field exploring people practices as a practitioner, an entrepreneur, an author, and a writer for Fast Company. Each week I sit down with CEOs, chief people officers, and transformative talent leaders to break down how they build progressive people teams and capabilities. This season of the podcast is sponsored by PIN. PIN is building the world's first employee-centric communications tool, enabling employees to automatically receive helpful messages at key moments throughout the employee lifecycle, from onboarding to promotions and everywhere in between. PIN puts your employees in control over when, how, and where they receive communications. You can check it out at pynhq.com. Now, on to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Redefining HR podcast. I'm your host, Lars Schmidt, and I am thrilled today to be joined by the CEO and co-founder of Carrot Fertility, Tammy Sun. Tammy, I want to get into your background and, and really explore Carrot and the whole world of fertility benefits for listeners that aren't familiar with that space. Um, but before we dig in, let's just start with a brief introduction on you. Um, well, the short answer is I never really expected to be here. Um, it was really uh, a surprise that I, I sort of stumbled upon the fertility space and really fell in love with it from an emotional as well as an intellectual perspective. I went through fertility treatments myself while I was at Evernote, as you mentioned, and it was a really difficult, expensive um, aspect of my healthcare. And it caught my attention because this is one area that I consider core to my to my health and my well being. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't part of my employer sponsored health plan. So I ended up paying tens of thousands of dollars, sort of out of pocket, out of my savings. And I, I feel very fortunate that I, I had the opportunity to do that. Most most Americans don't. Um, but I, I paid a ton of money out of my own out of my own pocket to to support my own fertility health and. Um, really began to look into why these systems have been built the way that they have in a way that um, you know excludes so many so many people, not just people like me, but um, same-sex couples, single intending parents, um, and so many people who are also going through infertility. Yeah, and so I think that those those personal origin stories are always so compelling to me because you kind of saw. Uh, saw that the, the the something was lacking and and kind of made the call to go out on your own and build that. So like walk me back. You're you're still at Evernote. This idea is in your head. Like when did you know it was it was the right thing to actually 
you know, leave that role and, and, and build Carrot? Well, um, I mean, as I said, I sort of fell in love with the topic and I just started reading and learning and I, I didn't know anything about um, the employer space. And frankly, I wasn't really thinking about building a product for benefit leaders. I, you know, my co-founder is, is a fertility doctor. We met at a fertility conference, originally had really started looking at whether or not there would be some sort of consumer product that we could build to help make fertility more affordable and easier. Um, and, you know, as we began to dig down into what is the real problem um, within the fertility space, we discovered that it was really about affordability, affordability, not just for patients and people like us, but affordability for employers. And um, the thing that really inspired me and motivated us to sort of move in the direction of building a product for employers was spending, you know, six, eight months, maybe more, just talking to so many HR leaders and benefit leaders. Um, and what I found during that exploration and during that time was that, you know, while there were lots of people who, you know, sort of thought that maybe fertility was not a big enough sector, whether it was from the investing space or other areas, the, the HR space and the benefit space was a, absolutely had come alive when I started talking about this. So all sorts of benefit people, um, you know, wanted to talk to me and wanted to talk to Carrot about the product that we were building. And we got so much feedback about, you know, how they were thinking about these gaps in healthcare and what they had sort of strung together as placeholder solutions um, to help people in their in their own companies and in, in their own organizations. And really a lot of the first version of the product, I mean at this point, you know, four you know, years ago, was was very much built um, through these feedback loops between um, benefit leaders and and us. And so it really was sort of born and inspired um, from from our customers. So for listeners that aren't familiar with fertility benefits, uh, you know, broadly, like how does Carrot partner with companies? Like walk me through a bit of like how you, when you, when you have your clients and you have your partners, like what, what are they, what sort of support are they getting uh, through Carrot? Yeah. So the biggest problem that we solve and the ones that, as I said, we were hearing from our customers and employers was the lack of flexibility and it's and how expensive this type of coverage was. And so what we do is we, we sort of tackle both of those things and we make it super flexible for companies to deploy and implement a fertility coverage plan. So we call it a plan design through Carrot um, that is uh, flexible based on your stage of growth, your size of the company. So you set a plan design, whether it's $10,000 worth of coverage, 15, we go all the way up to, you know, we have customers that do $150,000 worth of coverage. Um, but you, we, we sort of help you create a plan design that is right for your company, your size, your stage of growth. Um, and then we manage sort of the entire experience for you as well as your employees. So we manage the network access. We have the largest network of fertility providers in the world as well as in the, in the U.S. We manage the care navigation. So everybody has a super high-touch human care team that supports them through every step of, of their healthcare experience when it comes to fertility. And then we manage the outcomes as well. So like the, the real sort of 
superpower here is that you get to design a flexible benefit that fits your budget, but you also get all of the benefits of sort of managed care and cost savings when it comes to, um, you know, reducing high risk and, and high cost uh, IVF related events. So really, we, we are, we built the product um, on a foundation of flexibility, so that employers didn't feel that they had to break the bank in order to offer a fertility benefit, and they could customize something that is right for their business. Yeah, and I want to get into some of the, the the customer growth because I know the last year has been um, you know pretty tremendous in terms of of expansion for Carrot. But I want to before we even get there, like uh, for, we'll, we're going to take listeners inside the podcast a little bit. Tammy and I actually recorded a podcast earlier <laughs> this year in a in a very different world that was pre COVID, uh, and so this is actually uh, you know our take too. And obviously, you know, COVID has been a massive uh, global. Uh, shift for for all companies for all humans on this planet for the most part you know I, i'm curious from your perspective as a ceo tammy like how did mm-hmm. how has covid impacted how you think about carrots operations like are, how are you running the business differently you know today than maybe you were back in february yeah i mean so first internally you know we we really have been um I think I'm really proud of the team, both both fast and thoughtful about how we're supporting our own team. So we're a global company. We have team members in, you know, on the East Coast, on the West Coast, in the middle of the country. Um, we also have team members in Japan and in Ireland and in Geneva, all around the world. And so we really moved quickly to support them with um, much more flexibility. Obviously, we're not alone in this. A work from home um, has been a huge transition for the world and, and no different for Carrot. Um, but we've also you know, added benefits that are appropriate for, um, you know, this, this particular year, uh, which is, you know, the, the COVID, the COVID year. And um, that includes more mental health benefits, um, uh, you know, work from home stipends, all sorts of things that, um, you know, are, are accommodating to this new, this new work, work life balance that we all have to strike. Yeah. And how, you know, it's interesting. I've talked to a lot of CEOs and, and, for many of them, uh, there's been some, you know, uh, closely held truths. I think that uh, from their perspective of how they ran their company and how they viewed people operations that have shifted in, in you know, based on COVID. So whether it's the shift to, to remote work or you know, there's a range of different factors. You know, for you, has anything changed? Like, have you when you think about particularly more of like the people side of of running Carrot, has mm-hmm. has COVID? shifted any uh any views you had kind of you know held to be true up until uh this year yeah i mean you know we we are not going back to our office certainly for the rest of 2020 uh you know we have offices as i said in san francisco and new york will be remote at least through the rest of the year and i think this really has shifted all of our mindsets at carrot around you know how successful we can be together and how um you know how, how we can be successful together when we're not physically together i definitely think um, you know, th- a lot of people, including me, probably had some reservations before before COVID around, um, you know, can can this actually work? Can you build a company? Can you serve customers? Can you continue to make members happy when everyone is not under the same roof in an office? You know, most of the week, um, we've always been very flexible, but but most of the week, and and this has absolutely you know shattered that the team is 
um, you know, is is doing incredibly well. And as you know, we're entering what our fifth our fifth full month of of working from home or working remotely, um, with you know many people on the team even moving moving out of state, moving to different um, you know locations, moving you know back in with parents, things like that. And so, it has really been an eye opener around um, you know what what is possible with remote work, and in increasingly even within you know in, in our company, what are the benefits that are necessary? What are the telehealth and telemedicine solutions that are necessary to support our our team on a you know semi permanent basis going forward in this environment? Yeah, and how do you you know how do you kind of keep your finger on the pulse of of what's changing and what's shifting when you start to think about it? like obviously you're not going to be back in an office uh, you know in, in calendar year 2020 the role of your office may look very different you know beyond that like how do you how do you kind of stay plugged into all these different external factors that are that are kind of impacting how you'll make those decisions around, you know, how Carrot will be run in the future. Yeah, I mean, we have an incredible um, HR lead and an incredible HR team that is um, really tracking this very closely and figuring out what, you know, what are the best practices that other companies are doing? What are some of the risks and pitfalls? As you said, when we do return to an office, you know, we're tracking very closely what that looks like, what the physical infrastructure looks like, what the new physical um, requirements will be in terms of um, what that space needs to have that might not exist today. Um, and also really, you know, keeping close tabs on on. What is the what are the needs that employees have? I, I I would imagine that this is true for other companies as well. You know, not everybody loves working from home. And so, right. you know, we have to think about what is the long-term solution for people who, you know, thrive in um in a in an office environment. So it's it's a complex matrix. We're certainly not the only ones going through it, but I'm very, very lucky that Carrot has such a strong team that is helping me navigate this. And, you know, one of the things that uh, I found interesting kind of looking over some of your, your growth metrics, you know, since 2019, you've, you've tripled your clients and you've certainly become the largest uh, global fertility benefits provider uh, mm-hmm. out there. And so what do you, what do you think has changed in the last, I know you're kind of going on your fifth year of existence. Is that right? Yeah. Well, this is our third year of, um, of, of selling, you know, our product to employers. Um, you know, I, I left my, I left my job to start this company almost five years ago, but, um, you know, I think that the change is, you know, it was like little by little and then, and then all at once I, you know, I think the, the environment really has necessitated, um, a, a clear view of what employees need. And I think employees need, you know, more, more telehealth solutions, more telemedicine solutions. And then when they do need to, you know, be in a physical um, uh, doctor's office, which frankly, for a lot of healthcare, uh, ultimately you do, that they have the right, um, that they have the right support. Yeah. So I, I guess as we're kind of talking about COVID, have you noticed like how has COVID impacted how companies are thinking about fertility benefits specifically? Well, I think, you know, companies are, um, you know, we've always, we've always sort of looked at our HR and and benefit partners as um, really as partners, they're, they're trying to respond to and get ahead of what the needs are of their team. And, and we have seen such incredible heroic efforts this year um, from the HR and benefits team and, and people leaders in general. I think, you know, um, absolutely um, incredible year for for them to really um, 
to, for, for the, these roles to really shine as how critically important they are in a company and in an organization. Um, but, you know, when, when we think about fertility in the time of COVID, we sort of in Q2 looked at our entire product roadmap and really responded in a way that meets this particular unexpected moment. And for employers, what we were hearing was they want even more flexibility, they want more telehealth, more telemedicine, um, and you know more managed care to help employees get to the right place. And if they can avoid having to go through um, you know, more invasive and more expensive and more stressful treatments like IVF, um, that they want an option to allow them to do that. So, you know, when we looked at, when we were talking to employers and we were sort of looking at what our customers need, we reorganized our entire product roadmap and we shipped a number of really exciting features and products in, in the second quarter of this year, including a virtual pharmacy um, called Carrot RX. So members can um, order all of their fertility medication through Carrot at um, you know really competitive prices and a super high touch experience. Um, it also comes with a COVID guarantee. So if for some reason you order your medication um, and it expires because your clinic has been shut down or something unexpected happens, we will replace your expired medication at no cost. So we really um, wanted to give give a members accelerate that for accelerate that access for our members. So we shipped that in the second quarter. We also shipped um, Care Pregnancy, which is a suite of virtual telehealth um, features that allow members to access doulas and midwives um, and lactation support um, and all of these sort of um, services that help reduce, uh, help improve health outcomes around pregnancy. Um, and then we also shipped Carrot at Home, which is a, a suite of products that are um, intended to give people interventions um, like the Ava bracelet, which is our first partner. Uh, it's an integrated solution with Carrot and it allows, you know, 30% of subfertile women to achieve a successful pregnancy without an IVF intervention. So, you know, the whole, the whole picture really boils down to, um, you know, adapting to, uh, adapting to COVID in a way that responds to what employers and employees need, which is more virtual care, um, you know, and, and better support. Well, it's interesting. I think when looking at your your products and programs, um, the ability to kind of adapt to societal circumstances um, on the fly has been pretty impressive. You know, in July, you launched a program that allowed for U.S. members to be matched with Black, Indigenous, and people of color providers. Um, yeah. Walk me through that. How, how did that come together? Yeah. Um... So we're really, really proud of that program. And again, we, we you know, prioritized it um, on the roadmap in response to this moment. We had always sort of talked about this feature um, and building it in, in the next year, but uh, we accelerated it, obviously, um, not necessarily because of COVID, but really because of, um, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, the acceleration of that movement in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. And so, you know, that moment, I think, for, for all of us, for the country, was was um, so important. And as, as a company and, and me as a CEO, I sort of really looked at um, what is our role, our, our role at Carrot in, um, in, in this conversation, in this national conversation? And we've always talked about um, our mission, which is fertility care for all. And what that means is that, you know, we are, we are on a mission to expand affordable access to fertility care for all people, regardless of age, sex, um, sexual orientation, gender identity, marital status, or geography. 
And when I looked at our mission in the wake of this moment, what I realized was we never talked about race. Uh, we never mm -hmm. talked about race as a factor in that equation, even though uh, we know that it is. And that was a that was an important um, and that was an important omission on our part, on my part. And so, um, you know, while we have done um, some things, what we have not done enough, and I think this is true across the board. Um, you know, when you look at sort of the world and and, and lots of companies in in this country, uh, we have not done enough. And so, this is part of our ongoing commitment and effort to um, build in anti-racist um, features into our product. Um, you know, build in anti-racist policies and practices into our company, into our culture. Um, and this is something that we have a long-term commitment to. And so this is, you know, one of the features that we will be shipped, we have shipped and, and uh, one of the ones that we have prioritized um, over, you know, over time to make sure that that these features and these values are are part of our company. Interesting. I know that you just launched in July, uh, but what has the response been so far? You know, we um, what what has been really great is that um, around the time that we were about to release this um, launch this launch this feature release this feature, we actually had started getting um, questions and inquiries from employers about this specific topic, and so we were really gratified that. Um, that both we were we were doing this, which would be great for members, but we were also really gratified to see employers of all stripes and sizes in all areas of the country come to this realization on their own that this is an important business requirement for them as an as a company, and they were asking vendors like us, but probably also others, what they are doing to advance this type of work, um, and so the reaction has been really positive, and we're really happy that we've been able to sort of move swiftly in 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 this regard. Um, but but we're really gratified to see that again, like we're sort of meeting meeting employers where they where they are or where they're about to be. Yeah, you know it's interesting. I think that a, a lot of companies that are beginning to you know build anti racist roadmaps um, in terms of uh, really restructuring their operations, uh, you know, to to kind of specifically address inequity and racism, uh, and and they're looking at vendors as well. Like, I think that that's a question. It's, it's not surprising that you're hearing that from your customers because I think that that's part of their plans uh, for at least some of the plans that I've seen and some of the CEOs that I've talked to. Uh, they're actually, uh, you know, that's part of their overarching kind of broader plan is actually auditing vendors to identify like what are some of their programs to ensure that they have representation uh, as well. So yeah, that's uh, interesting that you're, you're seeing that directly, uh, but not surprising. Yeah, yeah, definitely. People are auditing their vendors. They're they're making, you know, procurement evaluations around all sorts of, um, you know, diversity and inclusion metrics. Like, what does the what does the ownership look like? What kind of features do you offer? Um, all all of that stuff is is really coming into the conversation as a business requirement, which which is really great. Yeah, and so looking big picture, like I know obviously your 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 focus in your business is in the fertility space. When when you maybe step back from that to the broader, you know, realm of kind of benefits. How do you see COVID impacting how businesses and even more specifically, you know, HR leaders think holistically about employee benefits? Um, I think this is a moment where, um, you know, healthcare benefits are really coming to the top as what is critical. 
And I know that, you know, we, we both of us, I mean, I'm sure you know this too, you know, it, benefit leaders get bombarded with all sorts of um, types of solutions. A lot of them are, are, are great, but I think what, what we're seeing this year is what is critical, right? What, what do employees really value and what do, what do employees really need when it comes to managing key pieces of their healthcare? And what we have been really um, inspired by and, and motivated by is that fertility really has risen to the top of that stack. Um, you know, there was new data, I think, recently from the, the National Business Group on Health that, um, that, that employers, large employers, are um, consider fertility benefits, you know, on par with, um, with mental health as, as a priority. And so, you know, this has been for so many decades, you know, prior to this moment, fertility has always been sort of considered, um, you know, in, in many ways, a luxury consumer good that people, you know, have to pay for themselves. Right. And it is now sort of coming into the room and having a seat at the table as a core part of, um, of healthcare. And in this country, as you know, more than half of all Americans, 150 million plus Americans, get their health benefits through employers. And so the partnership with employers um, in sort of rebuilding how fertility healthcare is delivered um, in a way that is more flexible, is more affordable, that drives down healthcare costs, um, that partnership is key to how this category will evolve and innovate over the next few years. And so I'm really, you know, this has been a tough year for everyone um, and continues to be for so many people. But I think, you know, fertility has has sort of risen to the top and is it's a much clearer view today than ever before that it's it's a it's a critical part of healthcare. Yeah, and I think you know, obviously, in the space that you're in, uh, and the amount of uh, you know contact you have through your your customers and and the people kind of in your ecosystem, I imagine you're exposed to a range of stories, right? Mm -hmm. Of 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 employees who uh, who've benefited you know specifically from your services. Um, does any stand out to you? Like when you when you think back uh, of some of the stories that maybe have been kind of uh, shared with you from some of your, uh, you know, heads of HR, benefits leaders. Uh, what's a, what's a story that kind of stands out? Wow. There's so many. Okay. Um, one of the ones that I, that I like the most is, um, there was a member I mentioned before that we're a global, we provide global coverage. Uh, so we're, we provide coverage in the U S as well as I think now almost 45, countries around the world, and one of them is Australia. And there was a member, um, she was using Carrot in Australia, and she had frozen embryos in, in a clinic, in a fertility clinic in Australia. And in in the interim, she, she for her job, she had to move. So she, she moved, she did that in Australia, and then she moved to California. And while she was in California, she and her partner decided that they wanted to um, try to have a, a child and wanted to use those embryos, wanted access to, to, to her embryos, their embryos. And what we were really privileged to do in terms of helping her was um, transport those embryos from Australia to a receiving clinic in California. When she originally um, started to put together this plan, she 
thought that she wouldn't be able to do that, that she would have to go back to Australia, live there for a, a, a number of months while she was undergoing IVF treatment. The clinic that she had been working with in California had originally told her that she they would not accept uh, the embryos um, for, for all variety of reasons. Clinics will sometimes not accept embryos from out of the country or even a different clinic within the United States. And so our care navigation team essentially helped put together a plan where she was able to access those embryos. We found a, a cryotransportation partner. We, we work with a, a number of them that operate globally. Um, cryotransportation partner was able to, to access her embryos, ship them from Australia safely from Australia to a receiving clinic that would accept them in California. Um, and at that point, she began to undergo IVF without having to, without having to leave. Um, and I think that is um, one of my favorite ones because it shows... Um, just how um, just how complex this this area is, particularly since we have even even more now than ever before a a distributed workforce, people who are you know you know are distributed not just within the U.S. but outside of the U.S. and you know all indications point to that trend is is probably going to continue um, for you know for not a short period of time, and so I think the ability to support these members in this way um, is 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 critically important. The ability to sort of integrate um, integrate these experiences is is something that I'm really proud of. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it's got to be pretty gratifying to kind of hear those stories and know the role that uh, that you played in making that happen. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of our favorite Slack channels uh, at work. <laughs> where you know we get you know it's 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 a channel for the good, the bad, the ugly, so we can make improvements and and, and fix things. But there's a lot of good stuff that that comes in on those channels and a lot of really, you know, heartfelt um, stories and, you know, gratitude from members who, um, you know, who use us. We often will get notifications that, you know, somebody who's been using Carrot has gotten pregnant or um, all, all sorts of things. So it's, it is very, very gratifying. Yeah. So Tammy, for listeners that, uh, you know, maybe they've been thinking about trying to introduce uh, fertility benefits within the organization and, you know, maybe now they're feeling even more compelled to do so. How do they make the case? Like, how, how do you recommend what, what is the, uh, you know, the, the kind of core case that HR leaders or benefits managers um, can bring to their CFO or whoever ultimately is kind of signing off on that investment? Yeah. Um, you know, we have a we have a lot of different things that we can work with you on, but the the bottom line is is that for for a, a benefits leader who is looking at fertility and is sort of talking to their CEO or their CFO, the um, the the best case that you can make um, and we can help you make is that this implementing this program and implementing Carrot will help you save money. So it'll be a fantastic benefit. Members will have a great experience. You'll be able to launch it globally. Um, but at the end of the day, the ROI around cost savings for your company is significant. More and more people are going out because of just major demographic shifts that are happening, not just in the U.S., but in many, many countries around the world. Demographic shifts are pushing people to access more and more fertility treatments, um, more than ever before. And so it's critical for employees 
employers who are really responsible for healthcare in this country to um, implement a, a program that manages that in a way so that you don't have um, you know, high cost, uh, expensive events hit your health plan. And we do that in, in a number of um, innovative ways. And, and we can walk you through all of the sort of features that we do that we offer employers to make sure that not just their members are having a great experience, but that benefit leaders can talk to um, their executive teams about uh, a really strong financial ROI. Great. Well, uh, Tim, I really appreciate you making time to uh, to chat uh, once again on the podcast. Yeah, I think I think lots of people were you know lots of people did a take two this year, so uh, I'm you know? going to do it. <laughs> the year of take twos. Twenty twenty is something else for sure. Um, if uh, if listeners want to learn more about uh, Carrot, where where should they go? Where where do you want to point people towards? Yeah, so come to us. Our, our front door is carrotfertility.com. Um, and, you, you know, come to us there. Follow me on, on Twitter, uh, Tam, at Tammy Sun. Um, and we'd love, love to talk to you. Great. Well, uh, Tammy, thanks so much for coming on and uh, wishing you all the best. Thanks so much, Lars. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Redefining HR. For more information on the podcast, past episodes, future guests, the Redefining HR book, or free resources, be sure to check out redefininghr.com. And if you dig this podcast, why don't you share it with your CEO, your executive team, and your friends to help them discover what Redefining HR is all about. If you really dig this podcast, I'd love for you to leave a review on whatever podcast delivery vehicle your ears prefer. See you next week.